and welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back with another hybrid show where we review Game Week 25 and preview a big double Game Week 26. My name is Chris Hopkins and I'm joined by a man who returns from his holidays. Lots of things going on in your life, Andy Case. We're going to have to, have, have to start the show with a big Andy Case update. But firstly, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I feel relaxed and, uh, you know, slightly tanned after my... Uh... I, yeah, see, I, I'm, di- I'm disappointed in the tan, but then it's hard, isn't it, over, you know, web-based, you know, telephone services to know exactly how how brown you are. Yeah, I'm no, not... I think it's, I'm, it's going to... I wasn't... I'm not the type of guy who's going to make a conscious effort to sit in the heat, right? I don't really like being in the heat that long. I'm not aiming to get a tan, but I pick up tans quite quickly. So okay. I've, you and I are opposite, I think, in, in that in that sense. Then I think. Oh really? What you're yeah. on the beds? You've got the oil on the like minimum sun I wouldn't, SPF. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go for oil. I don't think. I think that's a bit. That's a bit much, isn't it? Like I don't literally want to fry my own body. But I think, yeah, coming back with a tan is is absolutely like it's probably in the top three things I've gone holiday for. Really? I did yeah. not have you pegged down as that. I mean, I've seen you wear some white jeans or chinos before and 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 so there is there is that element of Essex in you I do understand but um I, I'm surprised I am surprised yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's that's absolutely key I mean I guess you are you are going for February sun but it's not going to be like uber strong anyway so but I will get to see it in person also you're an uncle that's that is true you yes uncle? all of my life uh personal life on, on air but yes that is a yeah a fact yeah to a lovely, lovely niece. I've been, I've just been told. So that's very, very exciting. It feels like your life is advancing a lot, and lots of exciting things are happening to you. And the most exciting thing that's happening to you, Andy, is happening on, well, I was going to say on Saturday, but it's this weekend, isn't it? Because we get to go to some football together. I know you, uh, you started the trend of hashtag FPL Lounge at the games with your uh, jaunt to Brighton earlier in the season, and yeah, here we go, FPL Lounge at the games part two on Saturday. We are, uh, we're off. Yeah, but obviously that's not the first game we're going to see this weekend, is it? Well, it's it's the well, arguably it is. Um, it's 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 the first game of football that you could recognise as a game of football that we're going to see this weekend, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Southend versus Grimsby on Friday Friday evening with our with our loyal Grimsby supporting uh, friend Lawrence is going to be less exciting. Um, what's your? Like, obviously, you've been to see Grimsby a few times with you know, with Loz and myself. Your track record watching Grimsby and Essex is pretty bad. Yeah, I think I've seen two nil nils and a one nil. So, and the one nil was after extra time. So, um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's grim. Although, actually, no, no, that's not true because I did also see a free-two at Colchester, um, did, as well as the nil-nil at Colchester. So, uh, yeah, um, I guess what's that? Two nil-nils, a one-nil, and a free-two. So quite, yeah. quite amazing, really. This is going to be your fifth Grimsby game in Essex. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that makes me sound like I'm a hard, died-in-the-wall Grimsby fan, doesn't it? But no. Just, just, just a glutton, glutton for punishment. Yeah, and you know Essex is so uh, so conveniently located for, and also we've just got a lot of crap League Two and non-League teams. So you know it's a great opportunity to to go see those. But yeah, obviously that's that will be our Friday night, followed by um, West Ham Newcastle on Saturday lunchtime. But anyway, before we get to that, before we even get to thinking about Saturday lunchtime, we are going to review game week 25. Um, obviously because it's a hybrid show, we'll have a slightly shorter review than normal. So we'll start by reviewing our players on the radar. Uh, we will talk quickly about our. Call 
for in the Honey Trap segment and our captaincy pick before we move on to game week 26 or double game week 26. Um, so let's start, Andy, with those players on the radar. And I guess, you know, ultimately this uh, game week 25 was a double for two teams, double for Brighton and a double for Manchester United. Um, you famously, Man United fan, relatively cynical Man United fan, um, despite having them having a double, you weren't particularly keen on any of their players. And in the end, I think you were pretty much proven, proven right. It, it was, it would have been a bit silly, I guess, to, to go, go ham on Man United uh, in this game week. Um, did end up with one clean sheet, which is probably one more than you probably anticipated from United's uh, error, error ridden defense. Um, but really it was Bruno that we were kind of focusing on. He'd come into a little bit of form, uh, especially his underlying numbers had picked up. And obviously in a double game week against two sides, that you'd expect United to at least be able to score against. And um, he did end up returning, uh, but it, he did, didn't have to leave it late, didn't he? I mean, he did. Yeah, pretty much the last kick of the game. Um, and even then he tried to muff it up. I mean, his, it's, it's a difficult one in terms of what, what you do with Bruno going forward, if you can, because, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later in the show, it's a positive that he was getting the chances. If I was trying to analyse this game week, he had plenty of opportunities. He was on the ball a lot, as we've mentioned a little bit, the number 10, the, the, the utilisation of the 4-3-3 for United. Um, so he's either like a number 10 or I guess one of the two eights. Is, is, is getting the best out of him again. Um, but then when he's in the positions, like he's finishing, he obviously, you know, missed an open goal against Borough in the cup. Um, missed a really, really good chance in this Brighton game, which wasn't quite an open goal, but it was very similar. Uh, he only had the keeper to beat. Um, and then, yeah, really kind of divvered with this with his last minute chance. Arguably could have and should have put Ronaldo through as well, but decided to take it on himself. So, um I think we'd have definitely seen some highly flung arms in the air from from uh, Mr. Cristiano Ronaldo if, if if Bruno had not ended up scoring that goal. So um, yeah, that that's all, all not ideal. But then it, you know ultimately the underlying numbers will tell you he 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 deserved to return. So there's plenty of non-Bruno captains I'm sure absolutely ruining that last minute goal. But I think um, I'm not going to necessarily take it as feeling. Um, uh, you know, unnecessarily fortunate or, or, or you know, um, overly fortunate, I guess, um, that, that Bruno returned because, uh, it, you know, he deserved to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, we didn't really highlight many other uh, United players, but I guess worth reviewing uh, very, you know, very, very slightly that obviously, um, you know, Ronaldo did end up returning too, but I don't think he didn't start the first game, did he? And against Man United, uh, sorry, against for Man United against Southampton, did he come off the bench in that one? Oh, or did he start? Maybe he did. Start. I think he did start both. It was the oh. game before that he didn't ah, start okay. against Burnley. But let me just double check. No, I think I think I think you are right. Actually. I think I looked looked at that earlier. So, so yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I think Ronaldo would have been a, a, a popular option. So yeah, obviously worth reviewing the fact that he did also um, did also end up end up returning with the United's opener against Brighton. Now, let's move on to Brighton assets, Andy. And we were, you know, we're not particularly hot on Brighton in general. I think we've both owned um, owned the Brighton goalkeeper at various points this year. Um, but he probably hasn't been the value that perhaps that we thought he would be at the start of the season, especially maybe compared to. Jose Sara and Aaron Ramsdale um, but other assets that we did speak about Neil Mapai who's come into a little bit of form Mark Cucurella uh, at 5.1 million probably a little bit expensive but you know with, with a double Brighton have kept some clean sheets this year and Leandro Trossard too I mean I'm pretty confident you wouldn't have watched with any great intent uh, Brighton defeating Watford 2-0 but obviously you did watch them against Man United is there anything on the eye that you saw that you know not necessarily about any of these players that you think you know would be good or more ne- possibly negative about Brighton going forward before we actually review the individual players here 
Yeah, I mean, for I, I've only been able to see highlights because the fact that uh, it wasn't actually on TV in the UK that that um, United game last night, and it, it's not. I think that's the reason why it was allowed to be to be played because then therefore it wasn't competing with Champions League um, viewing numbers. But um, I think what the sort of performances and the numbers are telling us with Brighton is, is not is not a great deal. I mean, they have some okay fixtures coming up. Um, not again, not like fantastic or incredible by any stretch but um there's no team with like really really easy fixtures and brighton's um you know next three in particular burnley villa newcastle they're they're not doubling as we'll get into lots of people are doubling in in this coming game week but yeah i think you don't expect burnley to score many goals or even newcastle so so if you did get on the brighton sort of sanchez or, or any of the defenders then then you wouldn't necessarily be rushing them out probably uh lamptey looked lively by all accounts, re- reading the um, the reports of the game against against United in particular, um, and he seems to be obviously getting back to full fitness. Uh, so so um, he, he's a bit cheaper than Cucciarella, and obviously he's my boy. So I'd always be kind of leaning towards there. Did get a, an assist and a, a clean sheet across this across this double game week. He didn't um, start against United, though, I don't think, which I found did interesting. He not? No, he, he, I don't know whether he started, but he seems to have only played 30 minutes. So I'm guessing he come off the bench, which. Yeah, I guess, you know, he is that kind of game-changing player, but that's two games, sorry, two games in, in Brighton's last three that he hasn't started. So his, his minutes are obviously still being managed, and that is going to limit his ceiling, even if, you know, when he does play or when he does start and play the full 90, he gets an assist. Yeah, no, well, it, well, it will. And it's interesting that, actually, because we've heard, I did, I did hear, I mean, it's a few weeks ago now, so you'd hope it would work itself out, but I did hear that it is a, very deliberate tactic from Brighton. They've seen a lot of other players with similar injuries. He was out for quite a while, wasn't he? A year or so, Lamptey. They've seen in the past uh, plenty of other young players um, with kind of uh, injuries like that, muscular muscular ones, who have been rushed back too quickly. And then it's kind of hampered their like longevity in the game. So they're, they're aiming to kind of avoid that with, with Lamptey. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously beyond sort of defenders and stuff, Mopé scored, but uh, you know I've never really particularly been a fan of him, and and we we did say kind of watch out for Trossard because he was flagged for for coronavirus and he and he didn't play in that first game. So so there's nothing massively jumping out at me. If Cucurella was a bit cheaper, I could understand the clamour for him over that double game week. Um, but but for me at five point one, there's there's better ways to spend your money. Yeah, I think it was interesting really that he come into the game at five million, um, considering him being a new signing. I guess he was you know likely to always start and and, and in a wing back position, but it did feel a bit expensive, I guess, for a Brighton defender who you know we didn't really know a great deal about. I think he obviously had played pretty well in Spain and is still pretty young, but yeah, it did feel he he did instantly feel pricey because I think we'd have been looking at him maybe to get in get in you know get get on him early had he been four and a half million, but five always did feel a bit of a stretch. And he has had a rise, although I don't know if that was ne- deliberately ahead of uh, their double game week. 25. Um, I guess we've been st- you know, banging the drum, Andy, for the Liverpool triple up for a while. And I think we did have a debate possibly on the last preview show or maybe beforehand about who the third Liverpool player uh, in, in, in your team should be um, based on the assumption that at least going forward, you're likely to have Salah and Trent. Um, you know, Liverpool didn't play particularly well in this game week uh, against against Burnley. Um, Jurgen Klopp obviously uh, may, you know, had some had some very Klopp-ish comments after the game. Um, but ultimately, it's another three points for them. And going forward, they've got a pretty good run of fixtures. So I don't think we're going to be going off Liverpool anytime soon. 
Yeah, and you do wonder whether starts for Mane and Salah, obviously their first games back after AFCON, did did um maybe affect that they're obviously key to the creativity of the side. Although having said that, as are our sort of Robbo and Trent who who both played. So um you do wonder if that affected things maybe, but um that you yeah, they'll they'll take the win. It's disappointing. We were like you say, we were really saying get make sure you get that triple up, uh, particularly with the double coming up for Liverpool now. So um probably a shame but but I guess you can probably you can put it down to I mean I don't like to buy into a lot of what Klopp says maybe there is some of that windy you know afternoon in 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 Burnley kind of thing that was going on going on maybe there is some sort of truth in that um it it sounds like a bit of an excuse doesn't it but when you add that into the the returning players kind of factor perhaps you can just call it a blip and, and, and hope it doesn't affect this double coming up too much yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think um, you know, I guess on that on that third Liverpool player debate, obviously in the game week, uh, game week twenty four that we didn't really review, Jota ended up getting two goals, having not really done much in the league uh, for a while. So yeah, I think that Jota or Robbo or I guess Van Dijk debate is going to rage on somewhat. Um, I guess we were also keeping our Aston Villa players very much on the radar. Now Aston Villa, you know, without bearing the lead, aren't a team that ends up doubling in in game week twenty six that's coming up. But we still like their fixtures. Going forward, Andy, and I guess again we hadn't really reviewed at 24, um, but we've you know we've got a lot more kind of on Villa now since their decent uh, business in in the January transfer window. There seems to be some FPL assets that are going to continue to you know to be quite exciting. Ollie Watkins being one of them. We were a little bit more cautious with regards to Philip Coutinho, but he definitely impressed in game week 24, didn't he? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, what what we said on our 25 preview. Uh, as well, well, besides swimming against the tide of Coutinho, get, of bringing him in, which was clearly a mistake, and he's he's, he's done us one there, was that we, you know we hadn't seen the Leeds game, the, the game week 24 game for Villa at that point, but if Wendier and Watkins were still sort of starting and they had a decent performance, that they would still be remaining on our radar. So given that that is what happened, though both those players started and the performance was decent, well, in the sense that Villa scored three goals, um, we we would have you know they would we would have been sort of still keeping them on the radar for that Newcastle game but then unfortunately even Coutinho who 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 did prove us wrong in 24 none, none of them uh, returned all three started again against Newcastle but none of them returned and a very sort of strange turn up for the books a one nil defeat in in you know a Villa team that have looked pretty coherent under Newcastle you wouldn't expect them to go and and uh, sorry, sorry, who looked at under, under Gerard to, to to go and slip up at Newcastle. Um, uh, sort of, yeah, I'd, maybe it's just perception of Gerard as a player, but he he's not the type of manager I'd imagine who'd let his team's standard slip regardless of 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 the opponent. So, yeah, a, a surprising lack of um, lack of goals at least. Never mind defeat for Villa there. Yeah, I think the lack of goals is definitely interesting, but we are definitely seeing Newcastle turning a bit of a corner. Not, I mean, yeah, I think the lack of goals is definitely interesting. But and you know, ultimately their 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 winner in this game it was a was it was a Trippier free kick, and obviously Trippier is not uh, is is now injured for the foreseeable. So, um, so yeah, yeah, Newcastle are going to have to find another source of goals that isn't a direct free kick going forward. Um, but but yeah, you would expect Villa to you know to at least uh, be able to score a goal against against Newcastle, but you know, maybe they're all so improving defensively so one to keep an eye on but I think from an FPL point of view it's it's the starts really isn't it for that front three that gives that gives us a bit more you know a bit more kind of solidity in our thinking for in terms of Aston Villa going forward 
it does yeah but then we're that's coupled up with the the lack of creativity that then came in this game that now throws a spanner in the works but just as a side on trippy i have to say devastated as as we've mentioned once already and probably will mention many more times we will be watching newcastle in the flesh at the weekend and i'm pretty devastated about the fact that we're not going to get to see england world cup semi-final goal scorer kieran trippier play yeah, it is, it, is, it is unfortunate. But thankfully, we've got plenty of other quality players to be on, to, to, to be on the lookout for in that game, namely uh, my boy Jared Bowen. Uh, let's have a quick review, Andy, of our Caught in the Honey Trap segment. A victory for yourself and a defeat for me. Let's start with the good news then, and I'll uh, let you uh, remind the listeners of what yours was and why I ended up winning. Well, you frame it as... Uh, a victory for me and a defeat for you but is it not just two victories for me i mean that's how i'm gonna yeah fine fine so fine yeah fine um but uh I mean, yeah you, you could have just rubbed the salt in and been like two defeats for me if you wanted <laughs> or yeah i suppose that's the other way to look at it the uh the chris hopkins glass half empty way <laughs> to look at things is two defeats for you yeah um but uh my my um trap if you like that i put out there was was that a I thought a Man City player would be the highest scoring single game week player in this game uh, in this game in this game week and the the difficulty with captaincy for example or even putting any City players on the radar because frankly City look imperious at the moment they've scored nine goals away from home in two games uh, across across the Premier League and Champions League City now um, yeah with with very different sides as well they're just absolutely ridiculous team uh, we'd probably have if we knew city starting 11 a lot of their players would be on the radar probably every game week but that is the problem however with this segment with the honey trap where i can sort of put something out like this that that's basically what i was banking on i was like i don't know who's going to play for city but whoever is playing in those four positions is playing against norwich and they are going to create plenty so i can very much see a city, a city player kind of getting in on the act on more than one occasion and, and it just so happened to be a guy who I haven't necessarily backed much in FPL over the years Raheem Sterling who scored himself a hat trick uh, 18 points for the England international making him the uh, yeah not not only the high scoring single game week player I think actually the high scoring player in the game this this game week the king of the game week the Budweiser king of the game week. We're never I mean, shy to throw don't in a forget free, that. Don't forget free that piece of advertising. I mean, so, if they send us free beer, Andy, for mentioning it, then I don't know, you know, we could have better beer. But yeah, they're gonna... Oh, you've just ruined it, haven't you? Don't... Think... If you want a sponsorship, you don't go and slag someone's beer off, do you? Come on, Chris. The, the, the chief exec of Budweiser is obviously a fan of the podcast, so he would have been listening to that, and you've just ruined it. Yeah, no, but we could have had, like, I mean, what's your favourite favorite beer you could have that as the king of the game week that's what that's what we should be doing right okay well um anyway i would i'd take free bud frank frankly we call it the budweiser fpl lounge if they're going to give me free bud so um yeah no um what was i saying sterling sterling, sterling got lots of points yeah. and you did you took me up on it although you were a bit hesitant um i i managed to kind of goad you into because you frankly you said you'd take um you take Liverpool players over over City players. Plus, then you had all the other teams in the league as well. Uh, so, so who who were who on singles to to try and beat the City players there? So, so you did take it, and obviously that you lost with that. Yeah, I mean, ultimately Sterling finished four points ahead of uh, the next closest single game week player. Uh, or, you know, there were three joint: uh, Seamus Coleman, Anthony Gordon, and, and Leander Dendonka. Um, I guess my rationale for for taking this was that City spread the goals around and they didn't spread the goals around in this game so you know had 
we saw them score five in the Champions League last night, and I don't one player got a brace, right? So you know, yeah. I guess a brace still would have would have beaten. Coleman's fourteen points probably would have ended up on what? Although it wouldn't have done, would it? Because it's five points. So so yeah, yeah. yeah if, if Sterling had only scored two and not three, you'd have, you'd have won. Yeah. So yeah. So I think that's that's basically what I was you know what what, what I was hoping for. But uh, yeah, it didn't quite happen this week. But you know, I, I stand by the, uh, you know, the my, my justification for taking it up because yeah, I think uh, a hat trick isn't something to be relied on even against a team as poor as Norwich and City do tend to share the points around quite a bit I guess what I was more concerned about really was a goal and an assist and a clean sheet from a defender and that would have probably put them on 15 which you know, would have ended up being Coleman so um, or three bonus but obviously Sterling would have ended up taking the bonus here too so so yeah uh, happy to have you know well done on on that one but uh, yeah you know I stand by my reasoning reasoning for taking it um, the one that I put out was Neil Mapai to outscore Cristiano Ronaldo in this game week and that didn't end up coming off Ronaldo ends the game week with 10 points Neil Mapai just with eight um, I mean, again, I kind of feel justified in putting this one out there, but ultimately they ended up with the same stat line, you know, one goal, um, one goal, uh, and they got you know, both appearance points in, in both games, but Ronaldo ended up with two bonus and Mapai didn't. Despite that, had they, uh, had they you know, got, if Ronaldo hadn't got his bonus points and they both got eight, you would have still won because I said that Mapai would, would end up outscoring Ronaldo. So, so yeah, I guess I was maybe hoping for Ronaldo not to appear in one of the games or at least not start and that, and that didn't end up happening. So, so yeah, that's uh, not really much more to say on that. That's just how it goes. Well, the only thing I would say uh, more to add is that is yeah, yeah I, more more than justified. I think you were that that if 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 like you say, if Ronaldo hadn't started that first game, it would have been even. Although you you did say Pepe had to outscore, um, so a tie would have would have would have been. Um, I'd I'd have I'd have still won that, but um, it, it it was so close. Ultimately, they're both forwards on the game, and they both scored a goal. And Ronaldo just happened to get like some bonus as well, which. I'm not really sure. Obviously, the bonus point system, if we looked into it in more detail, we could probably find out why, because it's not like Ronaldo really like passes the ball loads or, or gets those of assists. So there's got to be something which has given him those two bonus over Mopai not, not getting any for his goal. Because I know for forwards, scoring a goal is is worth more in the bonus point system because that's you know viewed as like your key reason of being on the pitch right so um it's worth more to you but obviously didn't wasn't enough to get Mopai in the in the in the bonus points in a 2-0 victory in the same way as it was as well so it's not like defenders have got any more of a chance for United because of their clean sheets because Brighton defenders got got clean sheets in 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 that game so I, I think I think how conflicted I was when you first put it out I'd, I'd almost go as far as to say I think this is possibly the best honey trap that's ever been that was ever put out there that's that, the that real is quiz isn't I, it? I that is, it that's the that's the real competition so <laughs> yeah, if I'm if I'm not playing FPL any 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 more this year, and I'm still six points behind in who the heck is stat, then at least I've got that crown to uh, to give me some comfort as I cry myself to sleep every night. Um, let's finish with captaincy selections, Andy, and I guess we better start with with Man United for assets in that double game. We probably said all there is to say really about Bruno and Ronaldo, but ultimately, I guess we were justified in the end, at least uh, very last minute for Bruno. In, uh, in in saying that these probably were the standout captaincy options in this game week. Yeah, well, I think everything we've put here, not just Bruno and Ronaldo, but 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 possibly were, were justified. Obviously, 
the Liverpool player didn't didn't come off so much. But yeah, Bruno and Ronaldo both both ended up returning. Um, we didn't feel particularly confident about either of them as as individual assets. Particularly if this had been a single game week, we we might not have been talking them up so much. But ultimately, that the fact that they both got 180 minutes did pay off for them, um, because then they they um they they both did return. And in fact, actually both had multiple kind of big chances um you know good high xg chances to have scored even more than one return so uh yeah i, I suppose the point there even when united are out of form when they play this system with 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 kind of bruno and a striker that they, they, they often still do create chances even when they're playing badly do you, i mean maybe this is a conversation for later in the show but because you know ultimately with the double game week that we've got coming up it feels pretty obvious what the captain selection is going to be going forward but you know you might have some okay fixtures in the next two would you be considering the armband for either of these two given the fact that united are still creating big chances and you know their xg is still pretty healthy uh, and therefore they've, and, and they've got some good fixtures coming up is it a case of something just needs to click for united going forward i'd say ask me that in in a week or well either ask me that in the captaincy segment for the preview of this game week or perhaps maybe in in the captaincy segment of game week 27 because I think this week we're going to be looking at double game week players and double game week players in particular from uh, a Liverpool team with two very juicy fixtures so yeah yeah, you can't even think about United I mean I guess in general for United's performances though are, are are they just are they that bit away that you know that bit of finishing that bit of composure away from you know winning these games 3-4-0 or 4-1 because there's a, they've got Rick in them at the back that that's the thing it's 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 the it's the it's the 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 defensive thing that bothers me more I mean arguably they should score more than they do so like 2-0 last night pretty much all of their last three or four games they should have won at least 2-0 but um, they've managed to not score more than one and then let in one. Um, so that's, yeah, arguably should do better at, at both ends of the pitch. Um, but yeah, I guess if either had, that's the problem, right? If either had done their job, if we'd scored two but let in one, we'd have still won the game. Or if we hadn't managed to get that second but just not made a stupid defensive error, we'd have still won the game 1-0. So yeah. Um, yeah. Makes sense. Um, obviously, we did speak about uh, Mo Salah and Trent uh, against Burnley. Um, nothing for Salah on his return. But obviously, a tr- clean sheet for Trent going forward. But ultimately, I guess not a not a better option than Bruno or Ronaldo in this game week. Um, City assets, obviously, also against Norwich. Always the question mark over who uh, for City. But also, obviously, you know Kevin De Bruyne, Cancelo, and Laporte were the guys that we ended up mentioning. Um, I think it was actually Walker and Diaz that ended up getting assists in this game. But obviously, if you were one of the 3.3% of managers that owned Raheem Sterling and then even fewer than, that stuck the armband on him, then very well done to you in this game. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, KDB, Cantona and Laporte were, were three big names that got ro- rotated out of the game. So no, none of them three started. Um, and that's what's frustrating here. Obviously, like you say, if you, if you had Sterling then you probably were going to captain him because why have him in your team? But um, yeah, it, 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 it just shows, doesn't it? I think like what I mean when I said at the start of this segment about I think our choices were were, were kind of good this week is that if you, you know, we, we said whichever City assets play against Norwich are good captaincy options. And I think that that proved to be the case. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, you know, we probably would have mentioned Foden in the preview too, and obviously he did end up returning um, or, or getting a goal. But ultimately, I feel like uh, if you'd have picked, you know, which defenders were going to start and if you'd have picked, um, you know, if you knew which forwards were going to start, then I think that, that obviously there would have been very good captaincy options for this game week. 
uh, let's leave it there then, Andy. And uh, when we return, we will crack on with our big double game week 26 preview. Welcome to the FPL Lounge. Our preview show will always be out in advance of the game week deadline, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods. That way, you'll definitely have it in time to make some tweaks to your team. If you can rate or review us too, that would be great, as we're really keen to know what people think. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back then. So let's crack on with our double game week 26 preview. As always on our previews, we'll start by running down the game week fixtures, of which there are many. And we'll have a quick chat about this week's talking points. We've got some players on the radar, although I think it's fair to say, Andy, we don't feel particularly strongly about our radar picks this week. Similar with our swimming against the tide. And we'll finish, as we always do, with captaincy and who the heck is stat. Let's start then by running down those all-important double game week 26 fixtures. Your FPL deadline is 11 o'clock on Saturday, the 19th of February. And that's because the lunchtime kickoff, FPL Lounge at the games, West Ham versus Newcastle. Then we have six games at 3pm. I think we're going to have to find a bar, Andy, that's showing soccer Saturday, aren't we? And get a bit of the soccer Saturday drinking game, although drinking responsibly game, uh, very much uh, on. We've got Arsenal, Brentford, Aston Villa, Watford, Brighton, Burnley, Crystal Palace, Chelsea, Liverpool, Norwich and Southampton, Everton. And then finally at uh, tea time, we've got Man City versus Tottenham. Uh, renowned for drinking responsibly is the is the Saturday soccer, soccer Saturday drinking game. But uh, moving on to Sunday, uh, Leeds versus Man United and Wolves versus Leicester make up Super Sunday. Just just those two fixtures, and then into the double game week fixtures. So all eight of these teams I'm about to say are the teams with a double game week because they have these midweek fixtures, and that is on Wednesday the 23rd of February. Burnley versus Spurs, Watford versus Crystal Palace, and Liverpool versus Leeds, and then on Thursday the 24th. Arsenal versus Wolves. I guess that uh, leads us nicely, Andy, into our talking points for this week because it is. It feels like I don't know. Is it the first? Is it the first proper double of the season? It probably isn't really, is it? We've had a similarly sized double, I think, before. But this does feel quite. Um, it does feel worth thinking about, and I guess similar to to other ones, it's it's an it's an interesting one to navigate. I think partly because. You know, none of these teams, uh, barring possibly, well, definitely one, have two very appealing fixtures. Um, and similarly, the teams that are on single game weeks, particularly the ones that a lot of FPL managers will have assets from, do have some pretty appealing fixtures. So, I mean, let's have a let's touch quickly on on strategy, I guess, slightly for want of a, of a better word. Um, in general, do you favour trying to reach, maybe take hits for those double game week players, or, or is it is it perhaps more prudent to target those that have single fixtures that ultimately have a better fixture? Well, in general, it's hard to say, and I think this double game week we're about to discuss is probably the case in point. In that, I'd say, if if I had to say in ge- in general, more often than not, the, you know, the fact that double game week players have two. You know, you see, you're looking at four appearance points, kind of minimum. It's it's like guaranteed backup points over someone else hoping for a return. However likely that return is in a single game week, you're almost getting a free return. It's not quite as many points as like a forward getting a goal, um, but but it you know you're you're you've, you it, you're at least halfway towards that, and it's guaranteed the sort of the the two games if if you're talking about a nailed on starter, right? So. Um, in general, I'd, I'd kind of say, yeah, but however, in the situation we're in in this game week where 
ultimately a good fixture is a good fixture and 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 the, there's not really any other aside from one team that of the teams that are doubling that have like pretty sort of attractive ones in, in a reasonable size double game week like this one we'd probably usually say um there's lots of you know just the numbers of it would work out that at least one of the teams on a double would, would or, or maybe more than one because i guess there is one in this instance but a few maybe so that you could load them up in your in your fpl team would would have decent double game week fixtures but because that's not the case this time it does make it a lot more of a toss-up yeah i think that that's really important and yeah i mean I guess this is just anecdotal, but I d- definitely feel like last season there were more, way more attractive double game week fixtures and double game week rounds even than than this one and the one that we've had previously. And it does leave us kind of scratching our head a little bit. And I guess that's going to be influenced by the radar, which we'll get to in a second. At the same time, we must uh, as you know, we must uh, resume sounding like a broken record on the FPL Lounge podcast and talking about European midweeks and talking about that rotation that, that can sometimes bring. And I guess we have already seen that um, you know, earlier earlier in the pod when we were talking about Man City's rotation against Norwich um, ahead of you know uh, their Champions League game that was played last night. And obviously we're about to, um, you know, we we're recording uh, just before Liverpool um, play their first Champions League fixture after, after the winter break. Um, Liverpool have gone with a pretty strong team um, you know, I think they generally are a bit more rotation proof than, say, a Man City or a Chelsea. Um, but still, it's something definitely to keep in mind of. And that is going to be in the back, I guess, of FPL managers' minds, particularly given, uh, I guess we've kind of alluded to this so far, but Liverpool are the team with a very appealing double game week. But that is, as we've said on previous pods, sort of, you know, the, the, the meat in the middle of the sandwich where they have this Champions League game. Um, beforehand and the Carabao Cup final just after the, this this uh, this double game week finishes. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, and also that Carabao Cup final, meaning that they they obviously blank in the next game week as well. So if you're if you're looking to bring those players in, it's going to be tricky for the next game week. But I'd say g- uh, generally on Champions League rotation, like it is a thing. We saw it with City against Norwich. They rested a lot of players because they wanted to target that Champions League fixture and they've got a cushion in the league. Now, ironically, that might be because of just how emphatically they won their first leg, uh, albeit as we're constantly being reminded, away goals are no more uh, in in this season. So it is only 5-0, not five away goals for Man City. Um, maybe that they, they will rest players in the, in the second leg of the Champions League in that instance. So a bit of a funny sort of switch up. But generally speaking, I think you probably would see some of these kind of better teams, um, yeah, f- focusing on on resting uh, players in 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 the league um, to, to 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 kind of make the most of those Champions League games. At the other end of the scale, uh, I guess you've got a team like United who aren't a better team, don't have a cushion. But then on the other hand, um, it's probably that well, it's definitely their only chance for a trophy, albeit minuscule. But it's you know, I think arguably United have a. a a far greater chance of winning the Champions League than, than winning the Premier League. Uh, you know, like I say, both small chances. But um, I could, uh, you know, you, 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 Ronaldo, for example, you, you can see him uh, putting his foot down and being unhappy about the fact if he's not starting in the Champions League, whereas he may accept a, a Premier League rotation if, if, it, if it helps him be fair for those Champions League games. So, um Rotation is definitely one to, to keep out for it. And certainly when it comes to, let's say, just assuming City go through, whilst there might be a quirk with their second leg here, you can absolutely expect resting ahead of their of their quarterfinal first leg, I'm sure. 
yeah, definitely. So that is obviously United, uh, Liverpool, Leicester, Chelsea, Man City and West Ham still in, in European competition of some form. Obviously, West Ham. Chelsea. Um, did I did I miss Chelsea or Forest? Yeah, oh, oh, maybe you did. I don't no, know. Mind, anyway, um, but yeah, well, obviously West Ham—they're uh, not something to worry about just yet because they don't resume their European competition uh, for a little while. But yeah, all of the teams that are in the Champions League plus Leicester in the Europa Conference League have, have you know do have fixtures in the next fortnight. So absolutely worth uh, you know worth thinking about. And I guess as always, Andy, as we always say, you know, listen to the press conferences, look at team news and things and things like that. Um, obviously, it's it's not always rotation either. It's picking up niggles in midweek that can um, mean that players end up being out come come the weekend for the Premier League so definitely things to think about let's move on to our radar Andy and to this double game week uh, 26 and I guess we have been left scratching our heads a little bit um, just because there doesn't seem to be loads and loads of options and some of them we've already spoken about obviously on previous pods you know we've been very hot on on the Liverpool triple up ahead of you know some good fixtures and then a very likely double game week and maybe let's let's start with them they're probably not loads to cover but ultimately they have Norwich and Leeds at home in this double game week 26 that is going to be you know, if you haven't got Salah back already it feels like he is essential to own for this game week obviously many many players have trend and I think you know we've been um and ahhing between Jota and 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 uh, and Andy Robertson for like that third Liverpool spot not really much more to add on this but I guess yeah, that that potential for rotation maybe will stop managers possibly sticking the triple captain on Mo Salah this week. I know we'll come to captaincy a little bit later, but it is that it is that kind of doubt in the back of the mind that you know where you know, Salah has barely been rested this season. He's played all the Champions League games. I think all bar one Premier League game. Uh, he's played all the full nineteen all bar one Premier League game that he's been available for, i.e., not at Afcon. Um, but if you're going to rest him, this feels like the time with a game against Inter Milan tonight that he is starting, uh, and obviously the Carabao Cup at the back end of game week 26 too. Well, I think that's the thing we, we would say, and you have said lots of times. Generally, they are more rotation proof, Salah and Mane in particular, compared to say City assets. But what just that niggling kind of question in my mind, yeah, is the the sandwich you've mentioned, the the Champions League Carabao Cup sandwich, and now the fact that an extra spanner in the works was the purchase of Luis Diaz in January, or at least for me it was. I know you don't necessarily quite think the same with me on this one, Chris, but uh, you know I've I, I've also seen an article just this morning from uh, I think it's Melissa Reddy, if I remember rightly, a Liverpool sort of um, beat writer for the want of a better phrase, and she and she has said that that Liverpool have switched into with the purchase of Diaz and others into mode now where they realise Klopp's contract hasn't got long like many years left. They don't know for definite if he'll renew. They just need to win as many trophies as they can whilst they've got him as manager and and, and need to have a deeper squad to be able to try and win multiple trophies in a season. Um and that and, and and so when you look at the fact that is Norwich and Leeds both at home, if you were and you know Salah and Mane both come back from Afcon, if there was ever a time, maybe you could rest one in each, for example. Um, you want to introduce Luis Diaz into the team to get you know get him up to speed at some point again, and so it's like a double whammy of a great chance to rest a Salah or a Mane or both, and give Luis Diaz an easy fixture to get his way into the Premier League it it just would seem to make a lot of sense that so I don't think that would hold as you sort of alluded to that wouldn't hold me off having those players in my team like don't get me wrong Mo Salah's starting for me this game week right but the, the hesitancy maybe comes in on a captaincy or even triple captaincy because of that 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's go through um, some of the teams, I guess, Andy, with these uh, with, with these double game weeks. Let's start with Burnley. They're in a slightly unique position of doubling both in 26 and then again in 27. So they seem the sensible place to start, and therefore their game week 26 fixtures away at Brighton, home to Tottenham, and then in 27 away at Palace home to Leicester I guess we wouldn't I mean I think perhaps last year we did focus on Burnley players when they had doubles but we felt way more confident in them at least defensively last season than we do this um although they have had a decent defensive record recently I'm not sure about expected uh their expected numbers but they have kept multiple clean sheets over the last four games but ultimately it is Burnley they are struggling more than they ever have done under dice really in the Premier League, 19th at the moment. Um, there's not really a great deal to be sort of looking forward to, to be getting excited about when it comes to Burnley assets. But with these four fixtures, multiple bites at the cherry. And therefore, I think maybe looking at some of their cheap defenders and possibly someone like a, a, a Veghorst, if fit, and a Cornet, if he's going to play through the middle, are, you know, are relatively decent options for FPL managers looking to take advantage of their double-double. Yeah, exactly. As as you sort of mentioned or, or set me up to mention during the, the talking points section, really, uh, this is a classic example of Burnley. So the, the advantage of Burnley here is not just their double this game week, but the fact they also double in 27. I mean, back-to-back doubles is is FPL gold dust, frankly. Um, and it's such a shame that it's it's a team like Burnley that it's happening for. Um, yeah, but I mean, you'd ne- be happy if it was like a Palace, wouldn't you, really? But it's just, or Southampton. But because it, it's Burnley, it's just like, even Watford would make you more excited, even though they've been pretty bad. Uh, going forward recently, but like they would have made you more excited. We did get excited about the potential Watford double double earlier in the season, but I mean, there was there was people was... captaining Watford players in double game weeks, including myself. Uh, many, many, many people, FPL managers. So, yeah, uh, it, 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 that that is evidence of what you're saying. Yeah, but it's just I can't see many people sticking the armband on on Burnley. Although having said that, in 27, may, maybe maybe a different story. We'll 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 see, but it's certainly not in 26. And however. Um, as I mentioned about, you know, getting four appearance points, that's eight appearance points minimums for a nailed on starter, you know, injuries and everything else aside um, across the two game weeks, which is just, yeah, I mean, obviously significantly more than most other. There'll be some players who only have four appearance points in those two game weeks. Um, so uh, and, and many others, obviously, maybe with with six if they're on the on the two, the, uh, the double in, in, in 26. So, yeah, that, that, that's a fantastic appealing option. And um, I think another low risk uh, sort of point here for Burnley players, particularly the ones you mentioned there, you know, Cornet and Veghorst are cheap players for their position. And as are, you know, uh, Pope, not so much. So he's a bit more, you know, he's one of the actually more expensive goalkeepers, which makes me kind of steer away from him but Peters in particular if Charlie Taylor you know it continues to be injured which we you know we need to wait to hear but um Eric Peters looks like a great option um, because he's a 4.2 million left back so it's kind of quite low risk um in the, in the sense that you can free up money if you do need to move to a Salah or maybe even if you're being really cheeky and thinking of the um Mane Salah Mane double up or for whatever reason, if you're needing to move up from, say, a Bowen to a Jota or something like that, um, yeah, a, a move from whatever defender you've got that you're that you're moving out to to someone like a Peters help helps free up money as well. So there's there's kind of multiple benefits um, p- potentially there, and the fact that they're cheaper had had you got to pay a little bit more. So someone like a a me or a Tarkovsky or as I've mentioned a Pope, where you have to pay a little bit more, that 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 puts me off a little, and and I guess that's maybe. Um, 
yeah, why, why, why I'd look elsewhere. But it's hard. It's hard. Other than that kind of appearance point thing, I can't really. We've really trawled. Tr- and trust me, you know, there's times where you'll have heard me and Chris say we haven't been able to watch these highlights, or we can do this, and we have done that, or whatever. Honestly, we've trawled these Burnley numbers, underlying numbers, and, and and there's really little we can we can drag out here. Um, they concede quite a lot of chances. They don't create many chances of their own. So there's so there's no one player on the underlying numbers that can particularly kind of um, draw to your attention. But but just because of that blend of starts and cheapness of price for some of them there, that 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 would be worth looking at, at some of them Burnley players. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. And I think just to go through a few, you know, just just to update, I guess, our listeners on what we do know, you know, Veghorst does have a flag at the minute. So I think we'd have to listen to any kind of press conference from Sean Dyche before we went, you know, went for him. Obviously, um, Connor Roberts has been playing ahead of um, ahead of Matt Loughton recently. Connor Roberts is weirdly more expensive than Matt Loughton, even though Matt Loughton's got considerably more FPL points this uh, this year. So that's one to keep an eye on too. As Andy mentioned, Eric Peters, I think, is the cheapest asset, 4.2 million. Has been playing recently while Charlie Taylor's been injured, but Taylor could be back, uh, could be back at least at some point during the next four four fixtures and and similarly with Maxwell Corne you know, he's been sort of shifted up out out wide sort of as a wide midfielder more recently whereas like his advantage earlier in the season was that he was sort of playing playing up front and through the middle so that's one to one to watch out you know Jay Rodriguez at 5.2 million has been playing a bit recently I wouldn't say I'd be recommending Rodriguez I think if if, if Vegas is fit I'd be reaching for him considering he even though he is a bit more expensive but but yeah I guess all of those things are, are things to look out for and you know had had we been in a position Andy where over the last few game weeks we'd seen Corne playing through the middle consistently we'd probably be way more hot on him if Vegas didn't have a flag we'd be way more hot on him uh, if you know Peters was guaranteed to start all four games we'd probably be saying he's he's your definite move this game week I think the other thing that to work to, to flag uh, and we've mentioned this I think about obviously Tarkovsky and me in terms of their price before Andy, but also generally speaking, I think some in the community when it comes to defenders do target those defenders that have uh, that have a decent, I guess, record-ish from from set pieces. Whereas we tend to prefer fullbacks that are more likely possibly to get an assist. Is that and who also tend to be cheaper? Is is that fair? I mean, that is definitely fair that we're 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 very much in that in that camp. And actually, I think we're going to see that theme throughout all of the players we discuss on the radar going forward here. But yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, absolutely. So let's crack on maybe to some of some of those other other teams. Let's start with with Arsenal, Andy. They're the only other team in this double game week that have two home fixtures, both against Brentford, who haven't been very good at all recently, uh, but the secondly against Wolves, who have been pretty good recently, at least in terms of results. The massive disadvantage, Andy, with with Arsenal is that they end up blanking in in game week 27. So anyone that you bring in from Arsenal is ultimately a one game week proposition. Yes, okay, you might want to keep them for, for later game weeks, and there is a chance that they end up doubling in 28 as two, which would include Watford and then their rearranged game from 27 against Chelsea. And um, but ultimately, you know, you can't be relying on on Arsenal players for for anywhere near. You know, ultimately, you know, over the next two game weeks, they've got two two fixtures. Um, so it's difficult to get massively on board with any of these. Um, you know, Martinelli, I guess, was our cheaper pick earlier in the year, but he's suspended for for, you know, for, for the first game. We're, Lacazette's got good underlying numbers, but terrible in front of goal. So we're looking at defenders again, and I guess our pick would probably be. A Ben White, but that's ultimately, you know, not a fullback, but ultimately down to his relative 
in it, uh, lack of ex- lack of expense compared to say a Kieran Tierney who you know, when he starts is fine but is one of the more injury prone players in in the league. Well, yeah, and and as I said, it was it was our initial instinct, as ever the case, to try and look for those those kind of wing backs and or full backs um, because they they give you the same clean sheet potential and and generally have more attacking threat. Um, but here, the issue is, I I think you and I would probably both say if if White and Tierney were the same price, we'd be saying Tierney here, or even if Tierney was maybe like 0.1 or two more, we'd still probably be saying worth Tierney. But the difference here is 0.6 million. Um, and for some people, that could be the difference between being able to get Salah in or not, right? Like he's gone up to 13 million again now, Mo Salah. So I think um, if you can afford it, if you've got money in the bank, Tierney probably is the standout Arsenal defender. Um, but if we're having to, well, as we're doing here, like comparing them like for like, it's we, we'd probably say White because of yeah, you know, he he does kind of go forward for for four corners. Although Gabriel tends to be the one uh, when he's not injured who who um who seemed to score a few goals um, from, from set pieces for Arsenal. Um, but, but also obviously, yeah, he's, he, he's a cheap way into the back four who've got two home fixtures and who have to kept a fair few clean sheets recently. Um, and, and certainly at least Wolves, not a particularly free flowing uh, team for scoring goals that, you know, the second game that Arsenal have got in this, in this game week. So, you know, a 4.5 million defender who's probably got, you know, what, what would you say the chances are? I, I'd say, pretty highly likely i'd say probably what 80 percent plus of at least one clean sheet if i had to put a percentage on it and maybe even like 40 percent ish chance of a of or more of of, of two clean sheets so that's yeah, I mean, completely off top of my head we'd have to look at the odds but well, yeah I, I was gonna say it'd be interesting to see what see what what odds you'd get on that but yeah i think i, I think that is that it, that is you know important to to take into consideration and yeah i think you know arsenal are as you say, Andy, I think they're likely to get at least one clean sheet in this game week, and therefore, yeah, we will be looking at Ben White and and, and, and Tierney. I think you know there will be some clamouring for Gabriel too, but he's 5.3 million. I don't think I'd be stretching uh, stretching that, even if he has scored a few goals from corners uh, this season. But yeah, you know, Ben White and Tierney for me seem to be seem to be the way forward. Um, obviously, Tommy Asu has played right back quite a bit. Uh, so far this season, but has been injured and is flagged uh, ahead of this double game week. So therefore, Cedric has played recently at right back 4.2 million, but ultimately this is going to be a massive start risk. And if Tom Ayasi was to come back, then there's no way Cedric Suarez is going to be starting for Arsenal. So yeah, I guess um, I guess White's kind of the way that we would that we would go. I think if you've got the money, then there's definitely more upside with someone like Kieran Tierney. I think among defenders, he's got one of the best points per minute or points per match ratio in the league, but ultimately it is, it is starts and, and, and staying fit for him. Uh, that is that his ultimately his, uh, his Achilles heel. So yeah, definitely one to, one to think about. And similarly, uh, Andy with Wolves, obviously they also play Arsenal uh, in this uh, in this game week, um, but also have Leicester at home. Now these are teams that ultimately can score goals, but Wolves have been you know, relatively good at the back all season. Definitely kept more clean sheets than their numbers underlying numbers would suggest. But you know, equally going yeah you know, defensively, um, some players like a Max Max Kilman or a Ryan Knight Nori definitely could be worth a shout in this game week too. Yeah, again, it's we've, we're headed towards the cheaper end there, right? Because they've also obviously got Roman Sice, who is a threat, more of a threat going forward than uh, for at least if, in terms of scoring goals than, than a lot of those other Wolves options. But um, he's five million, so um, 
where whereas yeah Ike Nori is four point I think he's four point four now he was four point three but I think he's gone up to four point four uh, and Kilman's four point six so Wolves a team who who yeah kept have kept plenty plenty of clean sheets like you say maybe lucky in a few instances but ultimately partly or you might mitigated by a fantastic goalkeeper so yeah maybe they should have conceded more goals than they than they have in terms of the chances they've conceded but then it, having a good keeper still means the ball doesn't go in the net doesn't it so yeah um i think with um with leicester and arsenal the two fixtures they've got coming up you know in years gone by you might have looked at that for wolves and gone well although arsenal and leicester aren't teams you can always like trust to get results they they were often both fairly free-flowing sort of goal scoring teams this season you know Leicester's form in particular has been has been patchy um that they they've scored a fair few number of goals still but yeah fairly patchy and Arsenal have kind of um had a, a have been much tighter at the back and have had a few games where they've where they've where they've scored goals but then they've, they've also had um plenty of of I guess less attacking output um in 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 others as well so a bit more patchy in in the forward areas for for Arsenal so um I think you know it, it, it's possible for Wolves here, given that they are a very defensive team, and, and Leicester and Arsenal can can have patchy form that they could sort of tighten up, and Leicester and Arsenal might find it difficult to to sort of break down a, a relative resolute defence. Yeah, I mean Wolves' top five point scorers so far this season are their goalkeeper and four defenders. That kind of says says a lot, doesn't it? Ultimately, um, it obviously says that they haven't been great going forward, but ultimately also that they've been keeping plenty of points at the back uh, as well. So, so yeah, I mean, may, is that worth mentioning uh, Jose Sarr as well, Andy, as a, as a goalkeeping option? And similarly, Ramsdale for Arsenal. Yeah, possibly. They're again, they're on. They're both over five million, I think, aren't they? So. Um... That, that makes them slightly more more sort of at the pricey end. But I think what I like about, say, Ike Nori in particular, we, we were mentioning the whole centre-back versus full-back thing. You know, he, not only is he Wolves' cheapest option, but he looks like really good when he's going forward. He, he loves to kind of get down there. And obviously Wolves play wing-backs more so than full-backs. So just naturally they're, they're, they're higher up the pitch as well than, than although, bit, albeit, you know, Arsenal have played with, with wing-backs at, at points. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's a, that's certainly another another plus for right, Norian. Maybe you'd trust um, you'd trust Wolves' defence even more than Arsenal and certainly Burnley this season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a quick review then of those other double game week fixtures and perhaps why we haven't put any players on the radar here. Uh, Leeds play Man United and Liverpool. Tottenham two away games against City and Burnley. Uh, Crystal Palace, Chelsea and Watford. I guess we maybe could have stretched for a Palace defence. Palace player Andy, but it feels if it, like it ultimately feels a stretch, which is why we haven't haven't done so. And then Watford, Aston Villa, and Crystal Palace. I mean, I guess they've got on paper the more favourable, or maybe like the third and most most favourable fixtures of, of these teams with, with double game weeks. But ultimately, we haven't really believed in Watford um, under Hodgson. So yeah, it feels like a bit of a stretch. However. Some teams with single game weeks have some very good fixtures, Andy, and therefore we should not be forgetting about our Jared Bowens of the world, should we? Well, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think it'd be worth saying here. The, the point here is, we've highlighted on the radar these, uh, the, you know, some of the teams with double game weeks, and in Bernie's case, a double double game week, um, because in this particular game week, obviously they might they are looking like good options, but that is very much a game week 26 thing, right? Once you stretch it out over three, four, five game weeks, that one extra fixture becomes less and less powerful, right? Because it's, you know, two in in one game week versus one in one game week, that's double the amount. But five in four, that's fact, yeah, hashtag maths. maths. But five in four 
game weeks versus another team who've got four in four game weeks, suddenly that extra one isn't isn't that much of an increase. So um, yeah, it, it 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 when you don't basically don't go throwing the baby out of the bathwater, right? Don't, don't go don't if if it means ripping up your team and and losing players that you trust more. It's worth noting things like, for example, obviously you've mentioned Jared Bowen there. He has Newcastle at home in this game week, who've just lost the talismanic. Kieran Trippier is what I'm going to call him. So yeah, w- would you would you back Bowen to to like have more points potentially than some of these like Burnley or Wolves players in this game week? Absolutely, yes, you could yes see I that would. Happening. Yes, I would. Yeah, I mean, I know you would. One, maybe I should say one uh, that would one back that because I know you would, Chris. Yeah, but um, uh, also to point out, we've been talking up um, obviously Aston Villa players have been on the radar in recent game weeks for us they have Watford at home so Wendia, Watkins, Coutinho all probably also good options again this game week against um, a team albeit have, have been slightly tighter under Hodgson but still can, can see um, you know can see chances um, Tottenham have let in goals they've they've got to go to City so whichever City players play you could I could never really sort of put you off them and Man United despite the fact they've been patchy um travel to what is traditionally a tricky ground for for, for Man United in, in the Battle of the Roses away away at Leeds but no, nonetheless you know the the crowd being up for it can't um plug the holes in, potentially in Leeds is in Leeds's defense can it so if if if, if Everton can stick free past them then you'd give Bruno, Bruno and Ronaldo a chance there yeah absolutely I think that's completely fair and and yeah I think that this that this double game week is kind of all about finding that balance really isn't it it's all about you know trying to take advantage of those fixtures where you can but obviously you know if you're not free hitting or something like or 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 bench boosting I guess and have done transfers to 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 take advantage of this double then then yeah I wouldn't be taking out players that have pretty favorable uh, single game week fixtures this game week plus also potentially good fixtures uh, coming up over the next few game weeks um, for players, just because they've got an average-looking double, say you know, say a Wolves player against Leicester and Arsenal. I don't think I'd be tearing up my team or getting rid of a very good defender um, just to take advantage of, of, of this game week. So, so yeah, I think that that's uh, I think that's probably Andy the best we can do on this radar. Let's leave it there then, Andy, and uh, take a quick break. But when we come back, we will be swimming against the tide. Here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FPL underscore lounge and let us know what you think. During the season, we will have new episodes out twice a week, a preview show on a Friday and a review show on a Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods so that you get the show before the all-important game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back then. So similar, I guess, Andy, to our radar, not having particularly strong convictions this game week. We don't have the strongest conviction when it comes to swimming against the tide, although possibly not because we don't believe in the player or we don't believe that ultimately you should be keeping them, as is the case here. But it's the reason why this player is possibly being transferred out on mass that we can kind of get on board with um and i guess it's difficult to uh to to explain that without sort of going into into some detail so we're swimming against bruno fernandez being at the time of recording the most transferred player out in the game and ultimately that's because andy he's got good fixtures his next two or you know he's not doubling but his next two in game week 26 is leeds and in game week 27 is Watford. Why would you want to transfer Bruno out then? Someone may be asking. But ultimately, if it is to create funds for getting most salary in, then that feels like a pretty justified reason for it. I guess, Andy, our ultimate kind of 
takeaway here is if you can get both in do it but that might take some serious uh, some serious surgery on on your team yeah so we're kind of hedging our bets here a little bit aren't we really but i think ultimately a lot of the a lot of the um transfers are dominated by the double game week this week so there isn't a great deal we would swim against however fernandez playing leeds and watford in the next two and he's the most transferred out yeah in an ideal world you'd be looking to keep him in your team i think so yeah we're we're saying we understand that the probably large proportion of those transfers are because it's people moving from fernandez to salah and you know there's not many players that you can probably afford um to move to salah from because you'd need quite a, a chunk of money so we completely get it. And I think that's backed up by the fact that the number two transfer out is Kevin De Bruyne. And it's probably pe- people doing a similar thing. Um, never, nevertheless, <clears throat> that is two reasonable fixtures. And there aren't many premium, if any, really any premium options other than Salah and Bruno that people would be looking for this week. So I don't know, depending on the setup of your team and any money you might have in the bank, may- maybe there's a way. And it's certainly something I'm looking into. Maybe there's a way that you could you can sort of move other funds around or move other players out of your team and, and, and try and keep both. Yeah, I think the major advantage of trying to keep hold of, of Bruno, I guess this does also apply with Kevin De Bruyne, but I think given United playing Watford and Man City, and as we said at the back end of, of the review show, you know, do have decent underlying numbers going forward. And Bruno has been getting in some good, good positions, missing and taking some big chances, is that Liverpool blank in game week 27. So... You know, moving from Bruno to Salah, yes, okay, you're taking advantage of a really, really juicy double game week for Liverpool, sure. But you will end up having Salah blank and therefore be on your bench come game week 27. Yeah, okay, I guess you could move back to Bruno then. But then ultimately, you're going to want to move back to Salah eventually. And that's a lot of free transfers, really, just to be moving, shifting two players around. So I think if there is some way that you can keep Bruno, if if you own him, uh, and get Salah in in this game week, for the next two, while United are playing Leeds and Watford, I mean, after that, the fixtures turn and you don't know, they've, they've ended up playing City and Tottenham with an Atletico Madrid Champions League game in there as well. So, yeah, I think that might be time to to wave goodbye to Bruno uh, then. But I think if you can keep him in for the Leeds and the Watford game and get Salah too, I think that that's absolutely the way to go. I guess if it is an either-or situation, we would say target Salah despite the blank in the next game week, just because of the of, of the of the juiciest of juicy doubles that they've got in 26. Yeah, and, uh, you know, who doesn't love a juicy double, hey? Um, but uh, the... the Don't even the, know what that means, but I'm just going to... I love it. I love it. I love it anyway. Um, the, yeah, it's... If it's one or the other, the fact that Liverpool blank next week, it's still two fixtures, isn't it, for... It's just Fernandez is a spread over two game weeks. It's two fixtures in two game weeks for both of them, ultimately. So there is a direct equivalence there. There's the chance, as we've spoken about, with the sandwich uh, of, of, of Salah not necessarily starting both, maybe, and Fernandez, you'd think, would. But still, yeah, Norwich and Leeds at home, the, um, great fixtures for Salah. And if it's one or the other, yeah, we would, we would say pick him. Absolutely. And then that leads us nicely, really, Andy, into our captaincy selection. Oh, well, that was uh, that was that was a bit of a Freudian slip there. But I did just uh, I did just go for the singular rather than the plural there. Our captaincy selection for double game week uh, 26. And maybe this is the shortest captaincy uh, segment we'll ever do. Is there any reason not to stick the armband on Mo Salah this game week? Um, I can't really think of any. 
And though the reasons that we would have thought of, we've kind of mentioned a fair few times already in the show anyway, would just be that slight niggling thing in my head about the um, uh, potential rotation, if there is any. Um, we we are in the in the midst of the Liverpool Inter game as we speak, and so if Salah was to get injured in that game, then obviously that 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 would be a reason not to as well. But but that aside, if Salah gets through this and he's fine, I think um, it, it's just. It's the it's the way to go. Uh, obviously, there'll be some people who might say, both all you know, all Liverpool players have that have that double up. So 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 maybe uh, that there are some shouts for you know that there's going to be a handful of people there who have Mane rather than Salah. So yeah, of course, uh, similar thing. You're going to stick the armband on Mane, but um, yeah, beyond 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 at Liverpool, just having Norwich and Leeds. It, it's the absolute standout fixture this this week, and, and City, yeah, they've been imperious recently, it, but it's a single game against Tottenham rather than two. Even if you told me the City starting eleven, which in most game weeks would be an absolute gift, and would make me put most of those players that you tell me are in the eleven on the radar, um, I, I just couldn't, in all good faith, pick any one of them over over um, Mo Salah this week. Let's try and long this out a little bit. I don't usually like making our podcast longer than it needs to be, but let's let's give this a quick a quick whirl. Uh, what are the advantages of Trent Alexander Arnold this game week? And I guess given the fixtures, Andy, this isn't all about Mo Salah scoring. This these are two fixtures that Liverpool have a pretty high chance of keeping clean sheets in too. Sal, uh, Trent is obviously you know very good going forward. Is loves an assist, loves a goal as well. And as soon as he gets one of those plus the clean sheet, he's possibly likely to take bonus points off a salad that even may get a brace. You know, I, I mean, I'd love to, I'd, I don't know what the, what the math is, what the science is, what the, you know, calculation would be, but a clean, a Trent clean sheet and, and an assist versus a salad brace who'd end up with the bonus points there. I could see it being pretty close. So there is, I guess if, you know, if this was a double game week that was, I don't know, Newcastle and Leicester, then I could see Salah being the way standout option over Trent. But there's something about the chances of Liverpool keeping a clean sheet here that makes me think that Trent could be a good option. I'll give you that as your first question. And the second one, I think you touched on this in a previous pod, but I think this is a really interesting point to make. I think you said something along, along the lines of the winner of FPL this year won't captain Mo Salah in this game week. So what about strategy in terms of what your overall aim for this season is? You know, is it is it worth really risking this and maybe sticking the triple captain on someone that's not Salah in the hope that he doesn't have the game week that you want or that, sorry, that you expect and to take advantage of those that are likely to en masse stick the armband and maybe the triple captain on him? Well, triple crap captain is almost a whole other story, isn't it? Because then that's extra levels of ballsy. If you're gonna go, if you go Trent and then you stick the triple captain chip on as well, but um, whether it's just for a captaincy or a triple captaincy, I think there is an argument for for Trent over over Salah just based on on your first point, the clean sheets thing. Um, I wonder if there's rotation risk for Trent. You'd think not, but because um, uh, particularly as Neko Williams has gone out to um, you got Fulham or someone, yeah, he went yeah. on somewhere on loan. On loan, so um, yeah, you'd think Trent, um, very very good chance starting both games, could get two clean sheets in the bag, and then anything else, an assist or a goal, obviously that comes on top of that, absolutely laughing. Um, 
and and I have to say, it, it becomes more and more an option in my mind when I'm worried about the Salah not starting thing. Um, it, it's 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 gonna. There's been previous years where Salah versus Mane in a triple captaincy week was a huge swing. I think one ended up getting like one point and the other got 24 um and it, and it was a huge swing for people that that triple um that triple captainship maybe a couple of years ago a similar thing might happen here with um if Salah were to say not start one of the games and, and um I, you know I, I find it diff- on your second one a strategy you could almost make an argument where i find it difficult really how to position because i think whatever your strategy like let's say you're well not whatever your strategy if your strategy is to win fpl this year outright win it then you're probably going triple captain trent not triple captain salah and and like you say hoping to gain the the, the upside is is kind of bigger than the than the um the downside ultimately because that there if you're not so worried about your rank then there isn't as much of a downside but the upside could be it could really pull you away from some others um Having having said that though, apart from that, I don't really know. Like, if 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 you're miles ahead in your mini league, would you want to risk it and then everyone else captains Salah and closes the gap on you if Salah hauls? Um, I don't know. I think it'd be difficult. If you're one of those people that's behind, do you want to risk uh, widening the gap if you go Trent and like the top of your mini league goes Salah? you know it could be it could be the move that helps you claw back the distance but on the other hand it could be the move that just like seals your season and you know you're the one getting banter from your mates uh for the i mean i've seen fpl leagues before where like the loser has to get a tattoo or something stupid like that so um you you know you don't you don't want to be you don't want to be causing yourself that 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 might you know <laughs> factor into whether you're going Trent or Salah here and how and how kind of uh off off of the um the piece you want to be yeah yeah I think I think it is interesting I think it's really easy for me to sit here you know obviously not playing the game anymore and just be like oh yeah Trent's a great captaincy option this 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 week you know stick the stick the triple on him like why not but yeah I think if you know had I be had, had you know were I playing it would be it would be a different uh different conversation and probably a slightly different mindset but yeah I do think it's important to think about what ground you have to make up or what kind of lead you're holding on to in your mini league or what, or whatever is most important to you, whether that's your overall rank or, or beating your mates. And, and yeah, you know, this is an opportunity to maybe stand out from the crowd and, and, and take a, you know, a big, but potentially calculated risk. And I think that, um, I think that Trent especially could be a really interesting differential captaincy option this week and uh, and yeah i uh, wouldn't necessarily go with go with the group thing because uh, you know we've, we've seen it in previous game weeks andy when well you know it wasn't a double but salah's had a, a very favorable fixture and we've kind of forgotten about trent a little bit and he's outscored salah and i think that that could very much be on in this game week so so yeah definitely one to one to think about Let's leave it there, Andy, and let's end, as we always do, with a game we like to call Who the Heck is Stat? Uh, For those that don't know, Who the Heck is Stat is a game Andy and I like to play where we take it in turns each week to pick a player from the FPL universe that must be owned by at least 5% of FPL managers, and the other person has to guess who it is. If they guess it after the first guess, or after the first clue, they get five points. After the second clue, they get four points, and so on and so forth. Each time they hear a clue, they get the opportunity to stick or twist with their previous guests, uh, so we don't reveal the answer to the end, so allow you to play along wherever you're listening to the FPL Lounge podcast, and they get two minutes per clue to have a little think. Uh, we've had four 
goes in a row now, I don't know about game week specifically, but I think it probably is four game weeks in a row where we both ended up with four points. Andy twice and me once, which still gives Andy, therefore, a six-point lead, 26-20 over me. But I have an opportunity to claw it back. And I do, uh, I said, I think, bullishly, rather bullishly at the, at the end of the last uh, last show, Andy, that, you know, with as I'm not playing anymore, I'll just be studying, studying FPL, studying the stats for the rest of forever or the rest of the season. And I'll be honest, I have put zero minutes into that. So get my excuses in early, but uh, let's see how we go. Okay, let's see how we go. Um, and yeah, excuses in early. I mean, do you do you really feel you've, you you've been performing well this season? I don't. I, don't, I think you, well, I'm, you. I'm six points behind you. I haven't been performing that well. Well, you know, it's it's levels, isn't it? You know, you got oh, levels. Well, yeah, it's all about levels, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah um, all right. <laughs> Clue number one. It's this player's eighth season in FPL. And they're on for their best ever score. Uh, okay, eight years. Do you know what my my the first the first uh, the first player that comes to mind was Mo Salah, because he would have had some seasons at Chelsea, and I don't know how many he's had at Liverpool. It must be like five or six. So that was my first place, and I'm tempted just to go to it and get another clue. But uh, let's have a think about who else would be on for their best ever finish this season um could be trent but eight feels a lot for a guy that's what 22 so yeah i doubt it's him um who else has got a good score someone like jared bowen but we've had him recently in not eight seasons um hmm. i wonder if it wouldn't be a cancello he's obviously got a pretty high high points total someone like a ramsdale Played what for Bournemouth and Sheffield United. Eight seasons seems a lot for him uh, as well. Uh, what about Bernardo Silva? Maybe he's probably played a sneaky high number of number of seasons. Probably on for his best ever finish. Well, maybe he's not. Do you know what? Let's uh, yeah. I'll need another clue. So let's let's go with Salah. Let's let's go with a big. I guess he is probably what the highest owned player in the game, or at least he's close by. And we've probably not had him this season. I feel like we sometimes go for like the, you know, the 10 to 5% owned players. So yeah, let's go Salah. Why not? Okay. Okay. Under 30 seconds left there, but Salah. Okay. Clue number two. This player has seven assists this season. I mean, that's going to, be horrendous on the, on the, on the audio that that sigh but um seven is, i mean yeah could be could be um seven assists i feel like we did an assist stat recently and it might have been for bowen um so he's had he'd had a lot maybe he'd had eight or something like that who else might have had quite a few assists Someone like a Bernardo Silva, maybe. Mm. Um, where's my where's my fixtures, Andy? Where's my fixtures? That's not my, that's my fixtures. West, West Newcastle. Mm, okay, no, no. So someone having a lot of assists at Chelsea could be a mount. Eight seasons is probably not a thing. City. Sterling, seven assists, could have happened, I guess. Eight seasons, 
That almost seems too little for him, but that could be. Probably not on for his best ever finish, although I guess the hat-trick in the last game week might have changed things. Um, Tottenham, Son, probably not on for his best finish, neither would Kane be. I don't think I've got any reason here to move off Salah. Salah Salah or Bernardo for me, but I... Yeah, I'm gonna stick with um, I'm gonna stick with with Mo Salah. Okay, he's sticking. Clue number three. Then this player is the top owned player for their team. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, is that Salah now? I don't know because it wasn't. Because I think he dropped when I think it would have been Trent when he was at Afcon. It's whether he's made it back. I, that probably does rule Bernardo out because I would assume that Cancelo is higher owned than him. Um, so yeah, I've got no mega reason to move off Mo Salah there. So I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick. Stick in. I am, yeah. yeah. I've got no reason to move off him. So Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, don't don't use your time for for wasting it. There's no point. Yeah. Okay, clue number four. This player is the second highest point scorer for his team. Right. So that's not Mo Salah then. <laughs> okay. Right. We are very much back to the drawing boards. So the clues are eight seasons, highest ever points total, seven assists. And most owned. Uh, most owned and second highest point scorer. Correct. Yeah. Right. Where's my fixtures again? I'd uh, I'd, I'd clicked off clicked off the fucking sorry, sorry excuse me excuse my language I <laughs> clicked off the site then because I was just like oh nah Salah there we go five points to, <laughs> five points to me um, right uh, okay West Ham Newcastle uh, top point scorer for them would be probably Bowen I think it is Bowen. Second owned, yeah, Bowen might be second owned. What? Well, sorry, what was it? Top owned, top owned, second highest point scorer. Top owned is Antonio owned by more. It wouldn't shock me. Seven assists for Antonio. Yeah, did start the season incredibly well, didn't he? Um, highest ever finish. Yep, had injuries, I guess, before, so maybe eight years. Yeah. Okay, Newcastle. Uh, I don't think anyone from Newcastle got seven assists. Nor Brentford. Arsenal. Top owned player would be Ramsdale. So not seven assists. Thirty seconds. Oh, God. Um. Um. No, not him. Uh, yeah, switch. Oh, yeah, okay, switch. I'm switching to Antonio. Switching to Antonio. Okay. Uh, this and your final clue, clue number yeah. five. This player is the top owned forward in the game. Yeah, it must be him then. Oh, okay, that's annoying. I was thought I was on for a five pointer there, but I'll take the two. Uh, I think it's Antonio. Yeah, I, I he. I can't see who else would be a higher owned forward than him. I guess it could be Ronaldo. 
seven years. I reckon he's played more than seven years in FPL. He must have been at United for like, or eight, maybe. Top owned forward. Ronaldo, United just had a double. Oh, God. What were the other eight so eight seasons? Highest ever finished. This can't be Ronaldo can't be on for his highest ever finish, surely. He must have got like two hundred odd points back in the day. Uh a second high yeah, no, I'm just uh, sorry. I need two points. Let's go. Let's let's go. We're going Antonio. Come on. You're sticking on Antonio. Yeah, I am, yeah. I have a feeling we've probably done it already and had him already in the season, but never mind. Let's go. Uh, yeah, let's let's go. Antonio is. Uh, and the correct answer is Mikhail Antonio for Gee. two points. Thank God for that. Yeah, no. So um, his uh, exactly what you said about his seasons and stuff. Like it's 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 his minutes really that is get, getting him towards his best ever score because he's he's been a relatively consistent player and he's had injuries in other seasons before. Um, yeah, and and the seven assists thing uh, is is I guess crucial to probably his points total as well in that his eight goals he's had so far this season doesn't massively outscore he's had a couple of 10 goal seasons obviously he's still got time but the fact that he's got those seven assists yeah he's never had more than 50 oh that's not true once he's had more than than 15 uh attacking returns total um goals and assists so yeah with a few game weeks obviously still to go there's there's time to add add to both of those and, and for, for him as a forward obviously there's only one point difference between between those goals and assists so they are still relatively relatively useful for him um, yeah, top home player, and and it, it it's funny that one, isn't it? Because you think Bowen, like who's the, who's the best West Ham asset and player at the moment? It, it it's Bowen, but just simply because of that complete dearth of forwards that we've we've been talking about for a while, um, he is the most owned player for for West Ham and the most um, owned owned forward in the game. So yeah, yeah, Carl Antonio. Interesting, yeah. Just looking at his ownership now, it is way ahead of Ronaldo. Um... Dennis is the second most owned forward. So, yeah, interesting. Oh, well, there we, <clears throat> there we go. There we go. Um, yeah, I just had a look at Salah as well. Seven, seventh season for him. So, it was well, Ooh, not close. Not correct from the first, from the off. But, yeah, the off for the highest ever finish made me think maybe maybe it is him. Okay, well, I'll take the, take the two. Take the two and we move on to next week. Andy, uh, I guess we've covered quite a lot on this, on this podcast. Um, namely... I guess how to how to try and navigate uh, this double game week 26. So if our listeners have any questions about that, but equally if they've got any questions about how wonderful our weekend is going to be and how amazing your holiday was, how can I get in touch? Well, of course, I'm sure that that uh, you know the millions and millions of listeners we have are keenly interested in both our personal lives, and and they can find out more by tweeting us or finding us on Instagram um, at fpl underscore lounge. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I might start tweeting you now about how your holiday was because uh, you didn't tell me that you become an uncle until we started recording. So that was that was nice of you. You know, just thought that you maybe share share that big news with me. But oh, uh, never mind, never mind. Um, you can also obviously uh, do remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from uh, because it is super, super duper important to us. And I, we haven't really discussed when we're going to do our next podcast. Obviously, we've got a uh, we've got a double game week now on the horizon, so things aren't going to be wrapped up 
uh, until late next week, and then we go straight into uh, into game week 27. So I'm sure we're going to be doing some sort of hybrid at some point next week, whether it encapsulates all of the double game week fixtures or not. Uh, I'm I'm not sure, but I wouldn't expect a standard uh, a standard review. Obviously, do keep in your eye on our Twitter account because I'm sure we'll, we'll, we will be tweeting, uh, maybe not live tweeting the game, but I'm sure we'll be doing some sort of Twitter stuff uh, while we are at West Ham Newcastle uh, on Saturday. So Andy. Until we go to Southend versus Grimsby. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Mm-hmm.